0: Welcome to my domain.
1: Uh, wait, wait, I I was just fighting a dragon. What happened?
0: Oh, you, you died.
1: <laughs> wait, I'm I'm dead?
0: Yep. You know, you were going all like, ha, 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 and the dragon went whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And it was just one too many whooshes for you. You're, you're dead. D-E-D, dead. And now you're in my domain.
1: Oh, that sucks. Well, so now what?
0: Well, we wait to see if your friends are willing to pay to have you resurrected.
1: Oh, whew, okay, well, they'll they'll definitely pay. I know they're good for it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. You see here, it it looks like they're looting your corpse.
1: Aw. This time on Becoming DM, we talk about death. What happens when your characters die? Hey everybody, this is Felicia.
0: And this is John.
1: And in today's episode, like I mentioned, we're talking about death in your role-playing game. So what we're essentially talking about is making sure that you incorporate death properly into your game. It's important for your players to know that you know there are consequences um, that happen when they make specific choices. There's a little risk involved when they have certain engagements and certain combats and i think a lot of times what happens with dms is they forget that kind of that aspect or that element of their campaigns um which could definitely lead to i would say what perhaps some reckless behavior from your players
0: (laughs) yeah and and i can i can definitely see where as a dm you can look at the game and think i don't want to involve a character dying in this because a big part of the job of being a dm is is to make sure your players have fun Mm -hmm. um and so it can it can be very uh, easy to to be misled into thinking that hey if I kill my players characters they're not going to be having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, as a way to enable that fun, there there do have to be those consequences. They can't just make decisions willy nilly and have nothing happen.
1: Yeah, and I think what happens also, and this I think perhaps happened with me like early on and when I was first doing you know, uh, role-playing games for my players is I just didn't even think of it. Like we all know that like, yes, there's, you know, only so many hit points you can take, but like you always going to get so close to the edge of death and then somehow eventually manage to find a way to like kind of step back from that plateau, you know? Um, and, and so for me, it never really, I don't think became a conscious thought about like, Hey, like, what should I do if my players die? Like it just never really occurred to me. And, and I think as a DM, it really, it behooves uh, you and your players to really consciously think about that and kind of have a plan in place for, for that potential circumstance.
0: Yeah, because let's face it. Uh, the people that are that are playing the game, their characters are involving in involving themselves, engaging in this very dangerous activity. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna go up and fight this horde of goblins at level one. Yeah, that you might not make <laughs> it out of that. Probably not. Uh, and so you need to understand both from an individual character perspective and and from the entire party perspective, what happens if one, or all of them die. What What do you do in your campaign to to really um, move the game forward or mm-hmm. stop the game right there, depending upon what you're going to do?
1: No, absolutely. And and I think one thing that maybe discourages some DMs from pursuing that particular path is just because a lot of them do fall into that default thinking that like once your players or your characters have died, that like that's it. There's done. You know. And I don't think that, like, you know, they necessarily understand that it doesn't have to be the end, that there are, like, ways to work around it so that, like, your campaign can continue. So it's important just to sort of mull on what happens when your player dies and what options they do have, whether it's an individual or whether it's a total party kill, right? Like, where does it leave your players? Where does it leave the campaign? Yeah. Um, and, and that's important to kind of see how you want to progress.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple of things that we probably need to note before we get into the the real meat of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, One is that I know that uh, that Felicia and I are going to probably interchangeably use the word player and character. We are not (laughs) talking about your players actually dying in real life. No, Um, no, let's let's be clear there. Um, (laughs) And and two, the the episode is focused on what happens after the 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 character has failed all of their death saving throws. and and they are considered dead. D um, dead. Yeah. We've talked about some of this death saving throws in our critical success and critical failure episode. But today it is they have they have failed all the roles. What happens now? Point of no <laughs> return. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and we'll kind of break that down. Like first, I think we'll probably talk about individual character death. Um kind of going from that point. So, you know, there are several different types of individual character death, um, which obviously are going to determine how you handle the situation. So um, first off is probably a really common one is um, the intentional one. So let's say uh, one of your group members decides that they're no longer going to be a part of the group, they're no longer going to play the game, or maybe they no longer just want to play a specific character. Um, there's that intentional forethought So, when you have that kind of premeditated option, um, it kind of allows you some, I wouldn't say leeway, but sort of some interesting twists to your campaign that kind of lead to that particular player like an epic death. Like, you know, they're going to go after that dragon and, you know, they're going to go out in this flaming glory of death. Um, Something that allows you to sort of plan with the player ahead of time, which is a kind of unique thing. um, Because normally, you know, your players don't necessarily know what's going to happen after they die. So, this is one option where, you know, you can kind of plan with the player what happens to their character.
0: Yeah. If, if the player is, is, is planning on leaving the game for whatever reason, maybe they're moving out of state and you guys are playing in person only. Um, uh, maybe their work schedule just makes it to where they can't come to the game anymore, but they're leaving the game on good terms. You're not kicking them out or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, then you can, you can plan with the, with the player, um, how, how they want, this to happen and it 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 can be really impactful if you if you plan that without the other players knowledge so you get into this scenario and and everybody's just playing like they normally do mm-hmm. and you have this big huge uh scene where where the the leaving character dies and and sacrifices themselves for the group or something like that something that really uh will impact everybody i think it will make a a really cool experience for the people that are staying in the game um moving forward
1: yeah be like you were like rah rah and the dragon was like yep just like that just just like that (laughs) um Um, i think the other thing oh (laughs) yeah go ahead go ahead i was gonna say on the note of of player retiring or you know um quitting the game you know this up to this point we've kind of talked about it in the sense where you have the opportunity to work with the player to create this epic ending, but there are circumstances where your player quits without ever coming to the next section, uh, the next session.
2: Mm -hmm. So,
1: you know, you can still obviously plan for them to die off or, or maybe not die off. Maybe like, you know, in between episodes be like, Oh yeah. So, so so-and-so fell into a hole and they never came out again. Um, there's that, that as well where it's like you don't really plan with the player like how their character is gone because that person never really comes back. So that's also I think another element as far as like considering what to do when a player does intentionally quit is that you may have to find some reason for them not being there at the next session.
0: Um, but another type of death that, uh, that you're going to deal with on an individual character scale is just the chance death where the dice don't go the player's way and maybe they go the DM's way pretty significantly. And um, and so as a result, um, you deal a significant amount of damage. The, the player misses critical roles that would keep them alive, maybe a saving throw or death saving. Um, and, and so they die. And this is, I think the situation where a lot of dms can really have heartburn over mm-hmm. over going through with that death but yeah. i but i think that i think that this is um expe- except in very very special circumstances this is just as important to have a have a actual death and the consequences after it as anything else, because it is a game. um, Mm -hmm. And part of that game is chance. So if you have a bad night and you're rolling like crap, well, that's how games go sometimes.
1: You remember the Sturges, John?
0: (laughs) Uh, What do I?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, actually, in all honesty, referencing that moment, like I'm So I had a moment as DM in that particular session where you guys were, like I said, getting your butts really kicked by these Sturges. And I had made the decision like, oh man, I think they're going to die if we keep going. And so I had made the decision to actually take a couple of the Sturges off of the board. Like my original plan was to have a certain amount attack you guys. And I decided to not have all of the ones I had planned on attacking you guys do so because I was seeing that they were kicking your butt so badly. And for some reason y'all were just not rolling well. <laughs> so I, you know, I made that decision as a DM and that was actively within the game, a split second decision. But I, I did so because it was just so early in the campaign that I was honestly not prepared to deal with character death that early on. Um, mm-hmm. And that was like one, obviously my lack of planning as a DM um, but two, like, you know, we had such a big group. I mean, what was it? Like eight of us, I think.
0: Yeah, seven or eight. Something
1: yeah. Like that. And, and everyone had just settled in. It was the beginning of the night, you know, and it just it seemed like such a shame for someone to die so early. So, you know, even in those split second decisions, you know, it's okay that to <laughs> sometimes make a little bit of choices that helped it to be a little more lenient for your players. And
0: I think that that understanding that the that the scenario is not going the way originally intended and what? adjusting the parameters of the scenario mm-hmm. um, is perfectly valid. Uh, my I I, I think I, and I've done that many times myself. Um, um, I, I guess in my mind, I'm kind of thinking of when the dice roll, the dice roll and that's what happens. Um, and again, certain DMs are going to play that differently. But uh but yeah, it's uh, changing the scenario based upon what's happening in the scenario. Completely valid in my mind. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the other <laughs> the other thing um, to kind of keep in mind when it comes to player death uh, is just poor choices. Sometimes, mm. you know, instead of all of your assistance to a DM, your players still choose to make bad decisions, which lead to bad consequences. Well, I suppose any consequences are good. <laughs> but it leads to certain consequences. I'll give a really good example. It didn't necessarily lead to death, but it was definitely impactful for my players. So I ran a campaign for my husband and a couple of friends. They were in this tomb and they came across an altar, which I made very clear was a cursed altar uh, to which my husband decided to push everyone out of the way and take all the stuff off of it anyways. So he got cursed. And then later on in the tomb, there was another cursed altar, uh, another cursed altar that was even more cursed than the first. Even more
0: cursed. (laughs)
1: Yeah, even more (laughs) cursed. And you want to know what he did? He shoved everyone out of the way and went to the altar and grabbed all of the stuff off of it, thereby cursing himself two times over, plus one other player.
0: Yeah. So I... (laughs) Yeah, it, it, I, I'm sure that anyone listening to this can probably think of of poor choices that their players have made that have that have caused um, bad effects or or even death. I had uh, I had been running a game where this uh, it was a smaller game it was a group of three, and they were coming up to this. Um, they were they were looking for this person who was uh, last seen going to this lonely tower, and they they approached it and it was being guarded by some goblins and these these guys were first level, maybe second tops. Mm-hmm. And one of the, one of the players just said, all right, I'm going to charge into battle and just <laughs> rushed. And and the other two didn't know what he was doing. They were just like, yeah, I'm not going there. I, I don't know how many, how many goblins are there. I'm just going to hang out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this one player rushes forward and he starts getting into battle and, and, I think it's two two rounds or so he he drops because again, their first level, he gets surrounded by multiple goblins, and it's just it's bad. <laughs> um and and yes, I could have at that point decided that uh well,'ll I'll be nice to him or or whatever, but I feel like in situations where they're making poor decisions where it, where it's a, hey, you see these guys and there's also a tower, potentially more guys are there, it's a learning experience as much as anything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. You don't you don't want to be that enabler, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> that
1: guy at the party. Uh, I rushed in
0: advance last time and succeeded, so I may as well do it again. <laughs>
1: go for it. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've all kind of been there. Um, and, and in some ways, it's very humorous. You know, in, in the case of, like, say, my husband, like, he knew he was making a poor choice. But his particular character, who was a dwarf fighter, was known for his brashness and... Mm-hmm. Not thinking before he acted, so he was being very true to that character.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and there's definitely a layer of of some of it is role playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think it's great when when players role play their character like how they would act rather than going the safe route. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I feel like there still needs to be uh, consequences for for the actions of the character, regardless of how they're role playing or not.
1: And you know the funny thing is is that like those consequences and that risk sometimes like I think for my husband like he tends to do it because I tend to make consequences rather like humorous. Mm-hmm. So I think he likes to just sort of see like what I creatively whip up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: He's
1: like, "Well, what is she going to throw at me this time?" And I think it's just it's sometimes it's really fun because it can be for a good laugh. So just so you know everyone, like consequences can be a fun thing too. Um Especially when you throw in the humor, you know, it doesn't always have to be something that frustrates your players or, you know, keeps them on their toes just because they don't want to go anywhere near the consequences. Like you were saying, you don't want to make it to the point where they always play it safe because the consequences no longer become, you know, uh, I guess a positive or a entertainment, entertaining part of your campaign, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, there there were situations where where the the tables were a little bit different, where this player had rushed into battle like that before, where it was mm-hmm. definitely manageable, and he came out victorious. Um, it was definitely a different situation than this, um, mm-hmm. and and sometimes when you make stupid decisions and and are are successful, it's that much more fun in the game. Honestly,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh, but since we're talking about the consequence of death mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let, let's Who talk about you? like like w- what you do with the player uh for the rest of the session if their character dies like maybe it's the first 10 minutes of the session and then something happens and their and their character dies what happens then
1: wah, wah. <laughs> shame not the front door yeah. Shame. <laughs> shame
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it's and, so, and so really there's there's a, a number of different options. I mean, one and and a lot of it's going to depend upon the player and what they want to do obviously. Yeah. But yeah. um one is that they can just hang out and watch the game mm-hmm. uh and, and and see what happens because uh as we'll talk about here in a little bit, death is not always permanent. So mm-hmm. uh if if they if they go another route um that we talked about, it may make the players less likely to to pursue a resurrection or something like that mm-hmm. but but uh yeah they could hang out they could also just leave yeah
1: gone now get
0: <laughs> throw the, throw the table say yeah. screw you guys i'll see you tomorrow
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> going home <laughs> exactly um you know another option too you know even though that particular character has expired you can throw up a new character for them yep um this may be something that you know is premeditated you know as far as like hey you know maybe draft up a few characters for them this one's kind of tricky for me because like if you do give them the option of you know establishing a new character within the time constraints like if it's in the middle of a game obviously like if they haven't thought ahead of time of what they would want their new character to be it's going to take them time to figure out like the new stats for their new character so yeah. it's kind of up to you to sort of figure out how you want to logistically implement that. Like maybe while everyone else is playing, he can start working on his new character and join in later. Or you maybe have pre-canned characters that you've made ahead of time and he can pick one and modify it. Um, just sort of some things just to think about if you do decide to give your players the opportunity of adding in a new character.
0: Yeah. And sometimes if, you, if you're if you rolling up a new character, if they're building their own character, it's... Uh... It's a, they're going to build it while other people are playing mm-hmm. and then probably hang out for the rest of the session, maybe or or leave. Um, because uh, 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 my preference as a DM is if you're if you're building a completely new character, I want to understand what the character is so I can best integrate them into the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just like, oh, hey, somebody paratrooped into into your battle and they're ready. To go.
1: <laughs> all these weapons and all these spells and they're a level 45.
0: Yeah. yeah and, and there's, there's going to be some questions and we'll talk about this, I think, here in just a minute. Uh, when we talk about building a new character, there's going to be some questions that you and the you as the DM and the and the player need to, to go through. So I find that if you're rolling up a new character, um, it makes the, the most sense to probably start them on the next session uh, as a as a character in the game.
1: Exactly. We got to have like the uh, the DM seal of approval before they get, a, you know, um, incorporated into the campaign.
0: DMC approval, patent pending. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Copyright. Um,
0: um, yeah. A, another option is to have them play an NPC. And this could be a, a an NPC that's friendly with the party. Uh, it could be an NPC that's not friendly with the party. Uh, and, and if you're doing this, as well as the next thing we're going to talk about, you you probably need to take the, the player at, away from the table for a minute, explain kind of what the motivations of mm-hmm. the NPC are and let them kind of... Um, understand how they need to play it and then then release them into the game
1: release the (laughs) kraken actually literally you can make them the kraken
0: yeah Um. and and by playing the npc you give them the option to play as a kind of character uh that can that can be a more temporary basis so Mm -hmm. if they do happen to get their character resurrected or whatever um they they're not Permanently attached to this this character they're playing, they're they're playing an NPC who may the next session not be there anymore.
1: So. Oh yeah, and I mean you can be clever about this. Maybe like they found this resurrection spell that requires a sacrifice, and so they end up sacrificing the NPC to get the new <laughs> character. So just saying, there
0: you go. <laughs> you <Easy explanation laughs> get
1: why he's not there next time. <laughs> um, one of my little things I like to offer um, is the opportunity for your players to co DM. Mm-hmm. um you know i naturally when i had my group i had one of my players who like off the bat showed a very high interest in playing and wanting to eventually learn how to um you know kind of do his own like dungeon master game mastering kind of thing and so you know i had made the offer to him like if he ever wanted like he could co-dm and like not have to worry about having a whole pressure of running the game himself but you know um, getting to see kind of how everything works from like, you know, our end and our perspective. And and that's a fun opportunity, perhaps, for someone who maybe their character died, but they still want to be involved in the game in some way for that session.
0: Yep. And, and co-DMing could involve um, running NPCs. It could mm-hmm. be involved running all of combat or a section of enemies in combat. Uh, Really, it's pretty flexible. Now, obviously, if you have a, a storyline built and a, and a narrative built, you're probably not going to involve them in that part because if they return as a player, they you don't want to necessarily give them uh, the, the inside scoop on <laughs> on what's going on there. But yeah. it, it's definitely an option to keep them involved during that session uh, as things get figured out on what's actually going to happen with their character.
1: For sure. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, you know, another option... Um. Besides, you know, just having your character die and then seeing what to do with them afterwards. Um. And I think we mentioned this in our skit. You know, is is the idea of resurrection?
0: Yep. And and really, as a DM, you have to decide if it's even an option in your game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. And this, this depends on the type of game that you're running. Um. As we always mention, time and time again, is you know just sort of taking, well, gauging your players like. How attached are they to their characters? Um, do they really enjoy the characters that they have built? I know my husband in particular is very, very attached to his dwarven fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's, that's something to sort of maybe consider if you do want to do resurrection. Like, do they want to build a whole new character from scratch? Um, is, is something that they want to have is completely different from what they had before?
0: Yeah. And, and I had a, I had a player once actually it's the same player I talked about earlier, who was rushing into battle without uh, (laughs) any forethought. Um, when his character eventually died, um, he, the body wasn't even cold. He's like, all right, I'll go roll up a new character. There was no moment's hesitation. It was just like, yep, I'm ready to go. And sometimes players are like, they, they, they maybe have played a character and decided yeah, this character isn't for me. I want to play something else. Mm -hmm. Um, There could be reasons behind that. And they could have intentionally gotten them into the situation where they died uh, and not told you why. (laughs) Um, So really, really take, take your, your, uh, your player into account on whether you're going to offer resurrection, even as an option in the game.
1: For sure. And, you know, when it comes to resurrection, a thing that you have to consider is I mentioned this before, you know, with, with other situations, but your logistical implementation, like, If let's say you offer resurrection and let's say that resurrection comes in the form of, say, a spell or an incantation, is it something that your players can actually learn or utilize? Uh, You could potentially have all the people, all the characters in your party um, are non-magic users or at least not enough to like handle a resurrection spell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just something that you need to kind of consider. If you do offer resurrection, it needs to come in the form that your players can utilize. Maybe it's a potion and you just splash it on the dead corpse. I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, I, and my my personal preference uh, regarding resurrection is that it should be extremely difficult to accomplish. And I, I typically prefer for my my players not to have that capa- capability within their own character. Um, and other DMs are going to be different. I, I believe there's actually a spell that, that is resurrection. Once you get to a certain level of spell cast or whatever um, uh, my, my preference is at least for uh, player characters is uh, they have to go to an outside source for that resurrection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing to consider Uh, is, is just the physics surrounding your resurrection. You know, what happens when a resurrection occurs? You know, there's, does their race change? Um, You know, are they going to start at a lower level with different stats? Are there other side effects? Do they get a third arm? I don't know. Um, One aspect I had considered when it was coming, or we, you know, when I was thinking about resurrection for my team was that maybe someone gets resurrected, but when they do, they start out as a child. Um, and because they start out as a child, they roll at a disadvantage for a period of time uh, until they get to a certain age. And and you'll have the accelerated aging. So, like, by the end of the you know that session, they would be a full adult. But up to that point, you know, because they're still a child um, and their new stats and everything is so brand new that they would be rolling at a disadvantage. So, it's like you get the option of resurrection, but you end up having consequences for it um, for a period of time.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I like having some sort of side effect consequence of, of having the resurrection. I like having, um, I, I like, I like your idea of, of the disadvantage of, of the, the younger age. I like the idea of maybe a reduction in level or a reduction of stats. Um, just because if you, if you have a game where there's resurrection, sure, there's a, a, probably a financial cost, but as your, as your characters get to a certain level, financial costs are, are, oftentimes nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I like there to be some sort of deterrent to just saying like, oh yeah, I'll die. I'll just go get me resurrected. We'll be good.
2: Right. Uh, So if you,
0: yeah, if you lose a level, um, then there is an actual cost to that. Yes. And, and some of the side effects that you can have can be scaling to where, where maybe after the first one, um, nothing happens. And after the second one, you lose a level. And after the third one, you lose three levels or something like that. Uh, you can, you can scale those so that, so that, yeah, maybe, maybe losing a level wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and they came back from it pretty, pretty easily. Maybe losing a stat wasn't that big, that big of a deal. Um, but, uh, but giving them a, a, a scale, um, maybe the disadvantage lasts longer. Uh, Maybe it lasts two or three sessions instead Mm -hmm. of one Um, can make it to where, yeah, maybe the first one wasn't that big of a deal to them, but, after the second one, they're like, oh, I need to be a little bit more careful here.
1: <laughs> it's like a sliding scale of resurrection. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, in my game, from a financial perspective, I knew we we're going to talk about um, some of the financial aspects in a little bit. Um, in my game, that the financial perspective scales. So uh, the first one costs one thing, the second second time costs 3x that, the third time costs I, I don't know what it is at this point, but th- at least 3x that. And so eventually you get to the point where it's just untenable to to actually resurrect.
1: Yeah, there's no point at this point. Like yeah. <laughs> you have nothing left to give. Um, you know, I was thinking as you were talking about like just a funny way to intertwine it because I, talk- I was thinking like sliding scale
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: of resurrection. Wouldn't it be funny if they went to like a big major city and it was like you could buy insurance policies that have different... <laughs> Like
2: resurrection
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and you have different copays and different like deductibles, just depending on like how resurrected you want it to be. <laughs>
0: ha- have a whole insurance industry based yeah. on resurrection.
1: Just saying, guys, <laughs> want to get into those nuances. Um, also, but sort of related to that, you know, you want to keep your, um, you know, your payments, if you will proportional to the level of your players because if you have like level one or you know brand new players and they die there's really not much more you can reduce on their level stats (laughs) um so just something to keep in mind because it may happen maybe you have a brand new group starting out brand new uh you know they haven't really gained any levels yet and there's not much to take from them besides Mm -hmm. perhaps their dignity so (laughs) You know, maybe you could take it in the form of payment later, like at some point in time in the future, I'm going to take this away from you and you won't know when it's going to happen is is also an option to offer, uh, you know, in terms of like brand new players. Maybe you can't take their levels, but maybe they're going to owe someone a favor sometime in the future, a very, very significant one that may drain them of certain things down the road. You know what I mean?
0: Or they could just, um, the person performing the resurrection could say, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to resurrect your friend, but after I do that, you guys have to perform this service for me. And, and it opens Mm -hmm. up a, it opens up a quest arc that, uh, that could be a totally new storyline that, that hadn't been in place before.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just sort of up to you to kind of decide how your players, you know, um, acquire the ability to resurrect, um. You know, and like I said, you can be creative or funny, or like you were saying, it can open up a really cool side mission. Um, just, you know, things to think about when you're, when you're considering that option.
0: There's a demon infestation going on in Glavia, and they could sure use your help. Or maybe you want to sow some chaos and fight against the army assembled symbol to take on the demons. Whatever your preference, there's an option for you in Darkwind. The online text-based role-playing game allows you to choose your own path, whatever it is. Point your browser to play.darkwind.org to play for free now. It's quick and easy to get your account set up and you'll be playing in minutes. So what are you waiting for? Go to play.darkwind.org to get started now. Let's get back to the show. If they didn't get resurrected. Uh the the party didn't want to pay for it or uh-huh. they just weren't interested and and they are gonna create a new new character. Um as the DM, you do have to think about parameters here because yes. it's not just like starting a, a brand new character most of the time, uh because you've got this party at, at like let's say level six, and yeah. you've got a level six character that died. Uh if you introduce a level one character into that, <laughs> it could be disastrous (laughs)
1: Yeah, hold back the rest of the group for sure (laughs) um Um, yeah
0: now that being said i do prefer not necessarily starting them at the same level of the party i usually Mm -hmm. like to start them a level below uh where they were at um so if they were level six they start at level five and Mm -hmm. and they build their character that way yeah And, and again this is just a matter of of helping curb a player from just being like, oh, I don't, I don't care. I'll just build a new, I don't, I don't care. I'll just build a new, uh, a new, uh, a new character and it'll, it'll be fine. He'll be the same level and everything else. I'll I'll just call him the cousin of this character. And he has all the same stats.
1: (laughs) and Everything, but he was just a cousin who happened to have the same name. (laughs) Um, So,
0: yeah. yeah. Making a decision around that, I think, is is very helpful how you're going to handle that.
1: No, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, in addition to like their levels, you know, think of what their starting equipment would be, you know, maybe something that a really, really powerful weapon that they gained when they were like a level six, you know, they're not going to start with a level prior. Like you can incorporate their equipment or their, you know, uh, personal acquisitions, if you will, uh, into part of, you know, uh, the things that get taken away if they do start a brand new character. And for all you know, I mean, depending on what that new character is, they may not even be of the race or class that could handle or wield those weapons. Yep. So it's just things to also think about for that.
0: Yeah. And, and when you talk about the equipment that they start with, it's, it's a good idea to try and have some basis for, um, um, a monetary value of the equipment that they have at that level. And I know mm. that Pathfinder has some good charts for this. That's that's like anticipated player wealth per level. Uh, I don't think I've seen this in D and D, but, but mm. maybe, maybe you have
1: not, um, not that I can distinctly think of.
0: Yeah. So one way it's like, if you've got, so again, in Pathfinder, if you got a fifth level player, you re- refer to that chart and say, okay, you start off with this much gold and you can, you can buy equipment that you feel you need. Um, Bear in mind, any magic items have to go through me for uh, for approval, but you can buy some magic items.
1: I mean, I know like, you know, when you start off, generally speaking, in, in, in D&D, I think I want to say you start off maybe with like 50 gold pieces or something like that. But I don't know if there's like a chart relative to like if you want to start your players off at level four, then you get this many gold pieces or whatever. I mean, there, there probably is knowing D&D. I just haven't come across it yet.
0: Yeah, and some of it's just going to rely upon how uh, how frugal or generous you are with giving out mm-hmm. treasure. Um, so if you're very generous, then you obviously mm-hmm. probably want to start them off a little bit more. Um, but it's it's going to depend upon how you run your game. Uh, what what makes the most sense?
1: Yeah, and if if you're the DM of death like John here, you get one copper <laughs> piece and that's it.
0: Wow, you're giving me such a bad rep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> beware, players! Beware. Um. So the other thing to consider when you are having a new character come into the campaign is how do they reconnect with your current players? How do they come across? Like you were saying before, like they could be a distant relative, right, Um, of the person that was, well, dead. Uh, But the other way is like maybe someone was captured and your players end up freeing them. Um, And then they end up joining that party. And I actually kind of did sort of – this, this particular um, scenario when we had a friend of ours who uh, sometimes he played with us and sometimes he didn't so in the sporadic moments that he did decide to join our group um, we just had him like our players come across him coincidentally and one was that like yeah he was indeed like he had been captured I think by goblin or something like that and tossed into like a whiskey barrel and they got him out of there drunk yeah pretty <laughs> much and he actually did roll out a disadvantage for a while because he was a bit drunk Uh, and emaciated but uh, that was how we ended up reintroducing him back into the group so this is something also for you to kind of ponder as far as like how it's not like they're going to drop out of the sky and bam he's there i mean maybe he was maybe he was being carried by a dragon and the dragon dropped him i don't know
0: yeah and i mean you can always use the 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 regular tropes of how they meet up if if you're not in the middle of a if the party ended up going back to a town, they could meet them at a bar or uh, the get hired onto the same job, whatever. You can use those regular tropes, um, but sometimes it helps to, to figure out a different way to tie in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> and as mentioned in the skit before, uh, or the skit that we did earlier, what happens to the stuff of the dead person?
0: <laughs> yeah. And this is probably something that should be established at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Um, um, What do you what happens to the dead person's belongings if, if they are not being resurrected? And this is something that the party should have a decision in. But it's also something that you as the DM should have some heavy influence in. Yeah, because... If you distribute that loot between the party, and they've got, and they've gotten to a certain level where they have magic items, that could seriously alter the balance of the party that you have been uh, maintaining to that point. Just because mm-hmm. now somebody, instead of having one magic item, has two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uber powerful. It's over nine thousand.
0: <laughs> it's just something to keep in mind, um, and it, it may just be fine doing that. But yeah. uh, but have that discussion at the beginning of the game to really determine. Um, what's going to happen. Because distributing it is not the only thing that you can do.
1: Yeah. Um, One option you can do if you really want to, you know, make sure that doesn't happen is just say like, oh, well, culturally speaking, you know, dwarves, for example, always get buried with their weapons and belongings. That's just how it works. So you have to bury all of their stuff with them. Yep. Um, Maybe they have a will right on. Oh, oh,
0: a will is good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have, Have the, have the individual player decide what happens to it.
1: And then you can curse the will. So like if they don't, respect it then they get cursed <laughs>
0: just saying
1: yeah. part of the insurance yeah. policy
0: yep um so that will could say stuff like hey i want all my stuff uh donated or sold and to help out the the orphanage from my hometown Aww. <laughs> um, or uh, or maybe they're like i hate you all uh my will says that all my stuff gets destroyed yeah. or maybe that maybe it actually gets destroyed in the combat they get hit by a fireball and it destroys the the gear that they're wearing somehow
1: yeah or they tried to get across that river and then they drowned and everything went down with them so
0: <laughs> you can try to go diving if you want <laughs> yeah, you might yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so we've we've talked a lot up to this moment about what happens when an individual character dies um and this is a kind of a good transition point about now discussing what happens if your entire party gets killed
0: yeah, the TPK, total party kill. I always feel like that's like a a a, a thing at, at a uh, video game. Like I in know it's very
1: like Mortal Kombat, like finish them.
0: Total party kill.
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, this is let's say they were going against a a very gargantuan giant dragon. Uh, you know, maybe they were level one and they decided to take this upon themselves, and they all got burnt to a crisp or smashed. That was a bit out of their league, so now they're all DED dead.
0: Yeah, so there's uh, like like the individual character deaths. There are several types of of total party kills. Um, one which you kind of alluded to just now is is ignoring warning signs of a monster that was just out of their league. Uh, so the level ones are approaching a, a dragon and see the scattered bones of the enemies and and all that stuff, and and they just say, "Oh, well, this this sounds like a fun place to go." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Stay in your lane.
0: Yep, And I I will say that one of the difficult things there is as the DM, I feel like if you are presenting encounters that are out of the out of the character's league, you do need to provide some sort of clues on the walk up to it. So uh, the bones of of enemies, the the uh, the uh, the. man my brain just failed you, the, you can have an npc go and try and confront the the enemy that they're looking at and have them get ripped in half whatever a big sign uh, that
1: says hey don't take on this task it's probably more difficult than you expect
0: yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, make sure that you're you're providing them those clues but if they ignore them they could in it could in fact result in a total pirate kill
1: yes um another uh scenario potentially one very similar uh and one that probably would have happened had I followed through with the Sturges encounter with you guys. <laughs> it was just everyone was just having a bad night rolling, really unlucky, and just got overwhelmed by zombies, sturges, skeletons, whatever owl bears uh and everyone got killed so that's another another potential scenario which you know for me in my scenario, you know and in reading the actual book you know, as far as like how the difficulty level of say like Sturges and how many it recommends based on the level of your players, it was an appropriate number. But just for some reason, everyone was rolling just absolutely terribly. And I was rolling amazing. I was like, literally, I was on a roll. So you know, that's <laughs> look good. Um, it may still not work in your favor. And that's something that you need to kind of consider.
0: Well, and, and sometimes it could just be a matter of as the DM, you you look at you look at the CR and you're like, oh yeah, they'll be able to take this easily. I mean, but but maybe you didn't look deep enough into the into the stat block and say, oh wow, they've got uh, immunities and resistances to everything that the party normally uses for their attacks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I didn't take that into account when I was looking at how how difficult it was. Or maybe there was uh, some sort of legendary action that you didn't realize, yeah, very uh, true. Or,
1: or, maybe or or you more built up.
0: Yeah, and and so sometimes when you have a TPK, it can be your fault as the DM, unfortunately. Oh, is
1: that what we're trying to say, John. Is that what we're trying to say? <laughs> right. it's not my fault. Y'all didn't look up.
0: I mean, the, the, the you can still make the argument that after a, a, a after a round or two, the player the players should have some some situational awareness and be like, yeah, we're really getting our, our butt stomped here. Let's get out of here.
1: We, we, had, and, we had the option to go to run. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's, it's kind of like a, a balance. Yes. Some, sometimes you can make a, an encounter, uh, unintentionally more difficult than it, than it, than it was thought to be. But at the same time, uh, as long as you're not wiping out the characters in the first round, which can happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, then they do have the option to run away.
2: Run and away. If yes.
0: it, if it is if it is the result of you uh, creating a, an encounter that was tougher than you thought it was, I typically let them run away and I don't pursue them because it's like yeah, it's my fault, but you guys realized that that it was a problem and, and and took off before before it became a really big problem.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another option, which really isn't necessarily about combat per se. But let's say your players are, say, in a tomb or a cavern or an old castle, whatever, and they're trying to figure out, a, you know, a certain booby trap or a certain puzzle or whatever, and they weren't able to do so, you know, and then something catastrophic happens as a result. There's a cave-in or they get gassed or, you know, everyone falls into lava. I don't know.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> but, you know, in other words, they ran out of time or they did something wrong and everyone essentially dies. So there's that option too. It doesn't necessarily have to be combat related.
0: Yep. And uh, when you're talking about like puzzle style deaths where where they didn't figure something out, I always like to make sure that if if they're actually going to die, that there were plenty of really obvious clues that that anyone anybody could look at and say, oh yeah, we shouldn't touch that block because we'll fall into lava. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like my husband, he shouldn't have touched the stuff on the altar, and what did he do? He touched the stuff on the altar.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would say that that. You you presented him two altars, and the first one had a had a negative effect. And if he went to the second one and and died as a result of touching the altar, I think that would be perfectly reasonable because you'd already had a negative effect in right. and going there. But yeah. maybe I'm just <laughs> overly mean. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> All right. So uh, when when the entire party dies, what happens to the session? Um, because obviously you're kind of uh probably a little down because everybody died probably everyone's a little down uh you can just end it early if you want to uh say everybody sorry let's go home uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah <laughs> or maybe you can say all right you guys all died let's let's uh let's roll some new characters we can get ready for the next session go from there
1: yep and that's a that's a good time you know for for them to kind of Contemplate, uh, you know, how they want to do. If you're if you're going to go along the same campaign with new characters, you know, reference obviously earlier points that we made where it's like, you know, be sure to reassess levels and equipment and everything. Yeah. Um, the other option, if you decide not to end it early or to roll up new characters, is to maybe to give them an option out. Like you were saying before, it's like, hey, you can let them run away, or maybe if they were fighting something, they got taken as a prisoner. You know, maybe they were knocked unconscious, and then they awoke, and they were, you know, imprisoned somewhere. Um,
0: yeah, and and doing that, you can still go through all of the things of death, mm-hmm. uh, the death saving, saving throws, and all that, and and uh, and it, it does give you an option if you're like, "Whoa, I killed them in the first round. That was not my intent." <laughs> um, um, it gives you a gives you an it gives you as the DM an out without uh, without being the the complete jerk. Uh, <laughs> if the players are thinking that of you
1: <laughs> Jerk master. And, it,
0: and it, and it provides a, a little brief side quest for them to get out of captivity, regain their equipment and stuff like that.
1: Yes. Um, and then you have to also consider what happens with the campaign. Cause it's not necessarily just about your characters and how those characters then proceed. It's also about your campaign. How does your campaign change You know, if let's say they were encountering a dragon and then they got killed by the dragon uh, and you're starting with new characters or they, you know, got taken to the dragon's nest and woke up just in time before they got eaten, you could probably continue on without any, you know, real impact. But if they were fighting, let's say, like a gang that was taking over a town or, you know, a wizard that was about to like destroy an entire valley and they died in the process or were taken prisoner, chances are that bad guy went forward with their plan. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of incorporate that. Okay, well, let's say the wizard won in this case. So now what is this, you know, post-apocalyptic? Is this like dystopian future? Is this like, hey, everything's destroyed. Now what? Are you going to try and save the people that are remaining or escape to a new land? Just sort of think about that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, are are the new characters, uh, do they have some sort of relationship with the old quest um, or with the old party that would really cause them to go on this quest? Like. hmm like again, are they are they related somehow? Do they hear rumors in the tavern about this this adventure party that went off to fight the the so-and-so and and never came back? And they're like, oh, we can do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, um but but do keep in mind that if you if you have um if you have a party that you create new characters for and you're continuing the same campaign, keep that timeline going forward because uh you're you're probably in most cases, not going to start them off, um, at the same place that the, the previous party started. You'll probably start them off after they died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so that, that the nemesis plans keep moving forward.
1: Yeah. Right. They're not going to stop and be like, time out, time out, hold on.
0: Yeah. They could ahead. even make changes based upon like this pesky band of adventurers that they had to kill off. Um, they could like, well, I need to, I need my protection obviously, because people are coming after me.
1: Reinforce. <laughs> um, um. The other thing I was going to say is if you do say like what I do, I do a lot of pre-made campaigns. So mm-hmm. I'm sure most of you know when you've done pre-made campaigns that a lot of these campaigns are set at certain that – they're meant for certain levels of players, right? So like this campaign is meant for level three, level four players. So let's say you do a campaign for like a level that was meant for level five players and your characters died – And you've made them go down a level or two you have to consider that now that if you're going to move forward with that same campaign that that campaign is much more difficult for your players they may not be able to get through it properly so make sure that you kind of make those adjustments it may be a pre-made campaign but you can always make stats a little easier or enemies a little easier to help accommodate your players until they get to the appropriate level for that campaign but if you're using a pre-made campaign you just need to make sure that the difficulty level is still proportional to the level of your players even if the consequence of starting a new character is, means that they're at a lower level.
0: Yeah. And, and if you start them at a lower level, you could have um, side quests that they go on to, to kind of beef up their levels and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and during that time, again, the the nemesis' plans continue to move forward. So it just makes it that much more interesting to see how things have changed.
1: Exactly. Yeah
0: uh so, another option rather than continuing the campaign is you can end the campaign maybe uh maybe after that you decided that uh that uh people just weren't as into it as you thought they would be, and maybe you need to do something else mm-hmm. um, so you can just say hey yeah we're 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 done um but if you do this, you should provide some sort of narrative way to close out the campaign and how the nemesis succeeded their goal and what happened as a result and like what terrible things occurred because the party died.
1: <laughs> Good job, guys. <laughs> um, and, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to give up on the elements of the campaign itself. Like, yes, you may be starting a new campaign per se. But, you know, it can always be one of those things where like, maybe the new campaign is 50 years later. But like, in the same area. So you can still possibly reuse and remodify a lot of the elements from the previous campaign Um, or you can even have it occur like in a different country. And again, just kind of reuse the same elements, but just make them appropriate to that new environment. That way you don't necessarily have to start from scratch. You can still continue along the plot line that you originally created
0: yeah, and if you have it happen in a different location, um, one of the one of the neat things that I've seen done before is you can have it actually happen at the same time as the previous party was alive. Mm-hmm. And so this party's doing something, and maybe it seems like it's something totally different than uh, than what they were doing before. Mm-hmm. but as as events kind of unfold, they start to realize, oh, the the nemesis is the same guy. And oh, I, I'm hearing about these these adventurers that that died now. And and so they can they can change their location. Um, so you can have a, a buildup that is kind of like a, a new campaign, but still part of the same campaign.
1: Yeah. And and that, like I said, it allows you to kind of recycle the elements that you had from your previous campaign. So it's not all lost.
0: Yep. So I think that's primarily what we wanted to talk about today. The one thing I do want to wrap up with is uh, we've been talking about character death this entire time, <laughs> and <laughs> and and I want to make sure that that listeners say, understand that our goal as DMs is not to intentionally inflict death upon somebody. Uh, it, it's just a matter of the way that the game goes sometimes. And and yes, play, characters sometimes die, and and we all uh, get bummed out because of it. We're not celebrating it necessarily, but, uh, it just, it does just happen.
1: <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, and you know, the continuation of players playing, you know, characters playing means that we get to continue as well. So characters dying isn't always a fun thing for DMS because now we have to find workarounds. We have to create whole new campaigns and stories. So it, it it's also to our benefit that you guys stay alive as well.
0: Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us again today. We'll see you here in a little bit. But until then, stay
2: nerdy, nerdy, friends. Friends.
0: Thanks for joining us again. As always, it really helps when you share the show with friends to help increase our listenership. Send them to our website, becomingdm.com, or Facebook. We are facebook.com slash becomingdm. And on Twitter, we're at Becoming Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Felicia Martinez. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.